I know as, as a parent, I, I say don't my boys both all the time, do not be running in church, do not be running in church. But it's always good to see when we have young people. And that, you know, definitely that's the future of the church. As I was talking to somebody else earlier this morning, that is our future. You know, and if we don't have young people, what happens to the church eventually? It dies in, in any given location. Uh, this morning before I begin my lesson, let me just say thank you for being here. We're thankful that you're here. Um, somebody said this morning, so they, somebody heard your preach and nobody showed up. And at that time, there was not very few people in the auditorium. Uh, that was my friend that said that. But... Um, <laughs> But anyway, I'm thankful that you're here. Thankful that you took time this morning to come. Uh, let me just make one one um, one plea. Um, we have Bible classes that begin at 9:30 on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you be part of that. Um, and I realize that sometimes it's difficult to get here, but if you can, there's classes for all ages, and we would love to have you come and 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 worship with us. Second plea is next week is our friends and family day. And I encourage you this week to, to invite people to come. Um, wouldn't it be great to see more and more of these pews filled as we worship God together next week? Um, and I, I get the opportunity to preach again next week. I know you're tired of hearing me, but I'm thankful for the opportunity. But I encourage you to invite people to come. Um, you know, that's part of our responsibility. As Coach Riley talked about in class this morning, that's part of our responsibility is to reach out to those who are lost and give them an opportunity to come uh, to hear God's Word. Alright, so now for the lesson. Today we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Or actually it's going to be our springboard if you want to turn your Bibles there. Um, it was used as our scripture reading this morning. But Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Um, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities when you go into the workforce. There's opportunities to go work wherever you want to work. And probably more today than ever, or it seems like. There's so many opportunities. But you know, when you go to work for a company, do you always get the benefits up front? Do you always receive the benefits that they have? In 1986, I had the opportunity to go to work for the Postal Service, which was a hard job to get back then, but thanks to Leroy Staggs, he hired me. He, he went and talked to the postmaster, and I got the job. You know, I worked there for eight and a half years and never got a single sick day, did not get an annual day. I did not get paid for holidays. I was a sub. And as a sub, you didn't get the benefits. You didn't receive all the, the extras that the employees, the regular full-time employees got. And I realize a lot of that's changed because you know, we're 40 years away from that. So things have changed over the years. But in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Today what I want to do is I want to talk about a couple of blessings that we have as children of God. Some of the blessings that, that we are blessed with because we have become obedient to the gospel. And I, and I will say this, there are blessings that we are afforded as Christians that people in the world do not have access to. Now, they can get it. They can become a New Testament Christian and they can 
have access to these benefits. But if you're outside the body of Christ, you don't get some of these things. For example, let's, let's begin with verse number 7 of Ephesians chapter 1. In verse 7 he says, "...in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace." Sin is defined as a missing of the mark. If you can picture an archer that goes out into the field and and he sets a target up and then he backs up with, with his bow and arrow and he shoots at that target, if he goes past the target, he's missed, right? If he falls short of that target, he's missed. Well, that's what sin is. It's a missing of the mark. And the truth is, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23. And also, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 Eternal death. But in Jesus, we can have forgiveness of our sins. That's something that the people in the Old Testament didn't understand. or They didn't realize. They didn't get it. Why? Because their sins were rolled forward for a period of time. And every year they had to do the same old thing and those sins were still there. But brethren, in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or what happened. In Jesus, those sins are washed away. They're gone. They're never to be remembered again. Now, we remember them. In our minds sometimes, we think about, Father, I'm sorry I, I sinned. Please forgive me. Two days later, Father, I'm really sorry about what I did two days ago. But God's already forgiven us. And that is is a spiritual blessing that's in Christ to those who are His disciples. Those who are His followers. Jesus forgives us. You can never be good enough to have your sins washed away. You can never do enough in this life to make an atonement for how much you have failed in this life. But because of the blood of Jesus, our sins are taken away. They're washed away. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, it says, Neither by the blood of goats and and, and um, calves, but by His own blood, He entered in one time into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus did that for us. And because of His sacrifice on the cross and because of what He did there, we can have forgiveness. How many people this this morning in our world are looking for forgiveness because they feel bad about what they've done? I mean, that conscience that God instilled in us. We know when we're not doing right. We know when we're not doing things that we're supposed to not be doing. We know that. Now, your conscience is trained by reading and studying God's Word. But definitely, there's something inside of us and we feel guilty because of what we've done. But guess where that forgiveness comes from or that cleansing comes from? It's the blood of Christ. And we can have that if we are willing to be obedient to Him. And that's available to everybody. Y'all, that's a spiritual blessing. That's beyond our comprehension. It's amazing that God has given us the ability to have the forgiveness of sins. Secondly, this morning, God has also adopted us 
as His children. When you, when you look at verse number 5 of Ephesians 1 and verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. You know, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that will say that everybody, every person that's ever lived is a child of God. But that's not what the Scripture teaches. The Scripture teaches once you become obedient, then God becomes your Father. And I realize that God has created everybody, right? He's created each and every one of us. He knew us before we were formed in the mother of our, in the belly of our mothers. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. That's what he told Jeremiah. Well, God is no respecter of persons, so if He knew Jeremiah, He knew you, and He knew me. But God has adopted us. You know, the, <clears throat> when you think about what that means to be adopted, I think about little children being in an in a, in a orphan home and somebody coming through and, and looking at them and, and maybe adopt them and maybe not. But can you imagine the joy when God adopts somebody? It's amazing. Being able to be the children of God. What a tremendous opportunity, brethren. What a tremendous spiritual blessing that we have being able to be His child. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 1-7, through 7, it talks about the difference between Hagar and Sarah. And it talks about the difference that Ishmael faced and Isaac faced. But guess what? We are Isaac. We, we have been adopted into the family of God. People are looking for families everywhere. And we have been adopted into the family of God. What a tremendous blessing. And you know the thing is, God didn't have to do that. You know, Paul said that he was poor and wretched and, and blind. Me too. We've all been there. Definitely, you know, do we deserve the love of God? Do we deserve the forgiveness that He gives us of our sins? Do we deserve to be adopted into His family? Deserve is not the right word. That's where the grace of God comes in. Where God has done that because He loves us. He cares for us. He knows you. He knows how many hairs on your head. He knows everything about you and He still loves you. That's what you talk about when you talk about really love, real love. That's real love. When God knows everything about you and He still loves you. God has adopted you as His child. Thirdly, this morning there is acceptance in Christ. In verse number 6, it says to the, Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. You know, there's people everywhere wanting to be accepted. When you think about these gangs that are, that are throughout our country and throughout the world, I imagine, these people do horrendous things in order to be initiated into these gangs. Sometimes even involving killing or hurting another person. But they do that because they want to be accepted by somebody. But God's accepted you. Even in all your, your issues and all your troubles, God has accepted you. 
When we become obedient to Christ, our sins are washed away. He adopts us as His children and He makes us accepted in the Beloved. Man, we're part of that family. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, He says, Come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, and I will give thee rest. How many of us, or how many of our friends, are laboring and are heavy laden? How many of our friends are hurting today? Because, I mean, whatever's going on in their life, whether it be family troubles, financial troubles, work troubles, there's always something happening, always something going on. But how many of them are out in the world, facing the world without Jesus as their God? Another another line for Friends and Family Day next week. How many of our friends and family need it? They need to know Jesus. They need to have this forgiveness. They need to be adopted. They need to, uh, to be accepted somewhere. Well, you're accepted in the church. And I know sometimes, in, you know, the church takes a bad rap from, from time to time. But guess what? The church is the body of Christ. He is the head of that body. But the church is made up of imperfect people. And if we're not careful, we make mistakes. We say things that we shouldn't. We do things that we shouldn't. But, it, but that's not how we should... We shouldn't strive to do that. We should strive to be the holy people of God. 1 Peter 1.15, Be ye holy for I am holy, said, the, said God. We need to strive to do that. We strive to be the people that God would have us to be. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, this is Paul speaking. He says... This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Can you think of a worse sinner than Saul of Tarsus? A man who went forward and yeah, he was doing everything that he thought was right, but here he was hailing men and women, the Bible calls it. He was arresting them. He was giving his voice against them when they were being beaten, when they were being killed. He was doing everything that he possibly could contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what he did. That's what the Apostle well, Saul, before he became the Apostle Paul, that's what he was doing. But guess what? When Jesus came to him on the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9, and he begins to talk to him. Paul is tore up. Or, well, Saul is tore up. And he tells him, he says, you know, you go into the city and it will be told you what you should do. Well, Ananias comes to him and says, hey, why, why tarest thou rise and be baptized and wash away your sins? And he does. And from that point forward, he changes his entire life. God changed him. All of a sudden, the, 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 the people that he was persecuting, he was promoting. All of a sudden, the, the, the people that he was trying to put into prison, he was trying to keep them out of prison. Why? Because God made him accepted. Made him accepted in the Beloved. What a true spiritual blessing. And last of all this morning, well, maybe not last all. I ain't, I ain't spent a whole lot of time. I got all. Listen, I can go forty-five minutes tonight. I used to do that when I first started preaching. No, I learned a long time ago. You start going long, and people start going to sleep. And um, but anyway, let's talk about another spiritual blessing. How about peace? How about peace? 
<laughs> Man, when, 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 you've been, <clears throat> when you've been through things in your life and, and you, know, you get ready to go to, to, go to bed at night and, and you don't have that peace of God that passeth all understanding, how do you sleep? People in the world do it all the time, but I tell you, it is such a wonderful feeling to lay your head down at night and knowing that if something happens to you during the night, if you never wake up again, that you're going to wake up in glory with God. Why? Because there is peace in being a New Testament Christian. There's peace in, in, in being part of God's family. And it's not the peace that, that the world gives. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 14. Uh, it's not the peace that, that the world gives. It's the peace that only God Himself can give. You know, the world thinks, well, if... Um, you know, if everything's going my way and everything's happening the way I want it to happen, then I've got peace. Well, yeah, but that's only temporary. Because I don't care what stage of life you're in, everything's not going to always go your way. Everything's not going to always just work out the way you want it to work out. But in John chapter 14, <clears throat> in verse number 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's not the same peace that the world talks about. You know, this morning there's a lot of conflict in our world. There's a lot of wars that are happening and, and conflicts around the world. Don't you know those guys and, and ladies who are involved in that today? They would be praying for earthly peace. We're not talking about earthly peace. We're talking about spiritual peace. You think back to the first century and you think back to the people that, the, uh, that Saul of Tarsus was killing. Do you think they had peace? They didn't have worldly peace. But they had spiritual peace. And there's something to be said about having the spiritual peace that knowing no matter what happens, it's all okay. And that's hard as a human. But that's where our blessing, the spiritual blessings in Christ, being able to realize that that peace that God offers is so far beyond my comprehension. It is so much better than, than what anything that this world has to offer. But I can have that peace that passes all understanding. Now, some will say, well, Johnny, that's just not that important. <laughs> it's extremely important. Man, that, that should be something that you're looking for. And I say this, there's a lot of people in the world that are looking for it. They're looking for the opportunity to have that peace of mind, to have that peace of heart, that, that if something does happen to me, it's going to be alright. No matter what that the world throws at me, I'm able to stand. I'm able to stand. Reminds me of Ephesians chapter 6. Where it talks about all the stuff that the devil throws at you. It talks about how at the end we're able to stand. It's amazing how many times that word's used there in Ephesians 6. Having done all you can to stand. Brethren, that's what it's about, is being able to have this peace that we can be able to stand with God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.
who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And there's a lot more that we could use this morning. There's so many spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. My encouragement to you is take advantage of those. Learn about them. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Put it in your heart. And enjoy all the wonderful blessings that God has given you. If you're outside the body of Christ, my encouragement to you is come in. Come in. As Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 Here's the interesting thing. Jesus never asked us to do something that we can't. That's what's amazing. What He called for us and what He asked for us is to do what He's something that's simple. Do you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah, I believe. Would you be willing today to, to say, hey, I'm repenting of my sins because I want to have the things that we've talked about this morning. I want to have the forgiveness of my sins. I want to be adopted into the family of God. I want to be accepted in the family of God. And I want to have that peace. Well, if you're willing to repent of your sins, if you're willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then be baptized for the remission of your sins, it's there. It's for you. Johnny, make it sound too simple. No, I don't. God does. God made it simple. Man has come along and and messed it up a lot of times. But God made it pretty simple. And I encourage you if you think, well, Johnny, I think you're adding a little bit to it. No, I'm not. Go to Acts chapter 2. Read what happened in Acts 2. Read what happened in Acts 8. Read what happened in Acts 10. Read what happened in Acts 16. This is what, how God set it up. He wants us to become His Christians, His followers, His disciples, and here's how you do it. Once you become a New Testament Christian, you are eligible for all the spiritual benefits, all the spiritual blessings that God has for you. This morning, if you're not a Christian, would you not obey the gospel today by, the, by doing what we just said? If you wanted away from the fold and, and you want to come back and um, you, know, you need the prayers of the church, listen, we're here, we're here to pray for you. We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you, and God will always welcome you home. If you need to come this morning, please come as we stand and sing.